Yo, what's going on, people? It's your host, AB. Welcome to another episode of Clutch Pod. As always, I'm going to be taking you through the Premier League weekend results and latest news. And yeah, there's only one place we're going to start off. The big game, Super Sunday. The day Arsenal fans were dreading. <laughs> so they went to the Etihad to play Man City. They lost 3-1. Aguero scoring a hat-trick. Comprehensive result. Arsenal losing. As a lot of Arsenal fans predicted, they were going to lose anyway. But... I was surprised though because I feel like they did put up a bit of a fight, man. I know obviously they're they're not really in good like form and that uh, their record against like the top teams isn't really that good. So when you when you got like majority of your fan base just thinking you're gonna lose anyway, it's hard to you know find that motivation. But I personally feel they did try and give City a run for their money. But <laughs> I can't lie, yeah. When I saw the teams coming out in the tunnel, yeah, if you saw Kashelny's face, that guy he looked scared to the bone fam he looked like he did not want to take part in what was gonna go on that day but yeah first two minutes Aguero scored I thought it was over for us <laughs> I remember as soon as the kickoff yeah I feel like 20 minutes later they're already in the box and then obviously I was watching the game with nephew and I was watching the game with nephew I was just thinking boy like this this is not gonna end very well Aguero ball comes whipped in. I think it was Sterling. Aguero with the diving header. I thought, yeah, it's gonna get so long for Arsenal, like. But then they responded. Like I was surprised. Obviously, Kishoni, <laughs> who I did say looked scared, like he manned up. They scored what, like ten minutes after. That goal was crucial for them, though, because City. I don't know if you remember. As soon as Aguero scored, like I feel like two attacks later, it was a clear pen because Mustafi just dragged Aguero to the ground. I feel like the referee just felt sorry for Arsenal because he knew if he had given that pen and they scored it, it would have been a whole different scoreline. I'm talking six, sevens, maybe even eight, no. Arsenal, they responded well through Koscielny. You know, their captain, you need the captain to step up and he did step up, man. He equalised for them and that goal was crucial for them because at that moment of time, City were on the front foot. They were just creating chance after chance. It didn't even look like Arsenal were going to get a shot off on goal, let alone score. So that was good. But Aguero scored just before half-time. That's probably, in fact, not even probably. I feel like conceding just before half-time is the worst time to concede because you're going in. If Arsenal go into that game, level at half-time, that's a huge momentum boost for them because they can build on that and possibly maybe even nick a win or get a result at least. But Aguero scoring just before half-time, yeah, that just like knocked the stuffing out of them and that obviously changes the manager's team talk as well so they probably went in with their heads down and that but second half they came out Aguero completed his hat trick boy let me just go back to that second Man City goal because that goal yeah at last to go down was one of the goals of the season from the beginning yeah Fernandinho pinged the ball out wide to Sterling Sterling control played it in the middle to Gundogan Gundogan this was a delicate chip i was having a debate with nephew about whose pass was better whether it was sterling's gunnaran or fernandinho's yeah fernandinho fair play to him he cut the ball yeah through out wide to sterling obviously sterling good touch played it back wide to gunnaran but i think the best player yeah, the best pass of that combination was gunnaran because to to get that chip perfectly over the defense yeah onto sterling who's making a run it takes so much tech to do that. I don't think you understand. Like, I understand because I've tried that multiple times, yeah, in seven aside, and the man they just look at me like I'm a waste, man. So I know how much how much tech it takes to execute that pass, yeah. And then obviously Sterling, he just drilled it across with his weak foot across the box. 
and Aguero's just there, poachers, you know, the poacher that he is to just tap it in. That goal was just exquisite, fam. Like, boy, when I saw it, I was like, oh my days, I can't believe that just happened. So, yeah, to concede a goal like that on the stroke of half time, definitely, definitely Arsenal, Arsenal were rattled by that, man. But yeah, and then Aguero completed his hat trick after the hour mark, and that just condemned Arsenal to their defeat. I think, um, I did say Arsenal did try to give them a run of their money, but it will be made a lot of mistakes, man. I mean, someone could argue, in fact, you can't even argue like it was his fault for the first two goals, because especially the second goal, yeah, at your winger, you're playing against Man City. Surely you know the threat that they pose on that in the final third. So, Tell me, why the hell, yeah, are you trying to dribble the ball in your own half, out of out, out of your own half, fam? Like, quick dispossession and City scored, like, that's on you, big man. Like, a lot of people criticise Iwobi, yeah. I actually like him, man, because I feel like, even when they benched him, I don't know why they why Emery decided to bench him, because he was the only guy, yeah, who was looking to run at defenders to try and get him behind to, like, cause a threat. He, he's done this multiple times. Of course, he doesn't have... I feel like he has the complete ability to do this, but you can actually see yeah, that he's trying to do a thing sort of thing. Arsenal defensively, they are shambolic, man. Kolasinac, Lichsteiner, Lichsteiner, I don't know why that brother was playing. That was not the game for him. Like, even Kolasinac, man, like, they really, really need to invest in defenders, man. Lichsteiner, 33 years old, no burners whatsoever. He was just, he was just cut out way above his depth. Like, it just wasn't for him, man. Like, even when I was watching Arsenal Fan TV after, they were screaming that Jenkinson should have been the guy to play there. But even Jenkinson, I don't know about him, but I feel like you can't get much worse than Lichsteiner, man. Just deep it. Leroy Sane didn't even play. He's probably one of the fastest players in the Prem. I feel like um, Guardiola done it, yeah, just to, you know, not to take the piss, leaving. That's why he left him on the bench, because if Sane had played, yeah, the way he would have ripped apart Kolasinac. Sterling already ripped him apart, innit? Because obviously Sterling has raw pace in himself, but he ain't got that physical presence. Sane is a physical guy, like six foot. Obviously Kolasinac's big as well, but he, there's no way he can match him for pace. So that's where Arsenal are lucky, because if Sane ever touched that pitch, it would have been curtains, man. Obviously, big win for City. You know, they have title aspirations. They closed the gap that game to three points, waiting for Liverpool to bounce back. Arsenal, it's another defeat for them. They're now languishing in sixth place after clowning United for being in sixth for so long. And it's going to be a real struggle for them to see if they can touch the top four. I don't know if they can. Going forward, we all know the quality they have. Aubameyang, like I said, but they could even sniff a chance at a goal. Aubameyang, Aubameyang, I counted this. Aubameyang touched the ball for the first time. It must have been like the 19th minute because I was waiting for him to get involved in it because I put peas on him to score. Like, I don't even want to get to that right now because that guy just lost me like almost a bill fam. <laughs> but yeah, so he was just missing. He was nowhere to be found, man. And I don't really, I don't know if I blame him in whole for that, because obviously the support, like, there was no one there to really, like, thread through balls to him, because that's the way he plays, in it, getting behind the defence, and it's another game, and more lack of creativity for Arsenal, because Guendouzi and Torreira, they're not the guys, we've said this over and over again, if you're not going to play Ozil, because I don't think he's going to touch that Arsenal team ever again, you got to play Ramsey, otherwise there's no creativity in that side, so yeah, and it showed, man, that's why... Lacazette and even Aubameyang, they couldn't really get get involved in the game. And it's a shame, man, because that is what 
like a hundred million pounds worth of talent just going to waste. But I don't know, man. So yeah, Arsenal, another defeat for them. They're sitting in sixth. City closed the gap to Liverpool to three points. And yeah, they're just going to move on. Let's move on, though, to the other games in the Premier League this weekend. So, Chelsea, they were looking to bounce back after that shambolic midweek defeat against Bournemouth. They lost 4-0. That, that was like their worst defeat in 27 years. I don't know. But, yeah, it was the perfect res response for them. I'm sure Sarri was pleased with the result. They thrashed Huddersfield 5-0. I was watching that game. Gonzalo Higuain scored his first two Chelsea goals. The second one was just a banger, like, right foot. Laces, top bins, great goal, man. This is the Gonzalo Higuain that I've known from. He's a player that I've admired a lot, man. I mean, a lot of people have criticised him. Obviously, he's past 30 and that. He's not really the Napoli Higuain, but he's a player I feel like he's going to do well in the Prem, man. As I've been screaming on previous episodes of the podcast, you can't get worse than Morata up top. And they've proved that. Higuain banged in two goals. Eden Hazard is in form. He banged in another two goals. That takes his tally to 12 of the season. And if you remember what I said earlier on a couple pods ago, I was like, can he break that 20 goal barrier for the first time in his career? And I feel like he's going to do that. He's got 12 goals and we're only in February. So yeah, big up Hazard for that. Big up Higuain for getting his first two Chelsea goals. Big result for them. Albeit is against uh, already relegated Huddersfield, if you want to call them that. But listen, you got to perform, man. you got to score lots of goals, and that's what they're doing, man. David Luiz scoring the last goal as well. So, good win for them. And, yeah, they're in a cup final as well, so they have a good chance of getting some silverware. Obviously, they might have aspirations to go far in the Europa League. I don't know. They're still in the Champions League positions, albeit just two points in. But they're sitting in fourth. And with the squad they have, I fully feel like they can qualify for the Champions League especially with this acquisition of Higuain and the fact that they kept Callum Hudson-Odoi as well that can, you know, be a huge rotation player for them come the Europa League if they have aspirations to win it. Um, yeah, another defeat for Huddersfield. Uh, one player I want to shout out though, um, big up Carlan Grant. They bought him from Charlton Athletic in League One. Um, I watched a bit of Charlton, you know, I can't even lie. I've seen him, he's a lively player, man. He scores a lot of goals. So, yeah, that's a big move for him to the Premier League. I'm happy for him as well. He's a player I've known about him for a little while, like four or five years I've known about him. So, for him to move to the Premier League is good for him. Uh, the only unfortunate thing is that he's probably going to be playing in a championship next season. So, the only thing for him is let's see if he can get a couple goals in the Prem, you know, try to boost his morale. And, yeah, um, I wish him all the best, man. Carlin Grant, big up him, man. Look out for him as well. So, yeah, um, moving on swiftly. Let's move on to you. Let's move on to Liverpool, because Liverpool, they had the chance to extend the gap to six points following City's win. But unfortunately, well, I don't know if it's unfortunate, depending on what team you support. It's unfortunate for them, innit? But me, I don't care, because I don't want them touching the Prem. But they bought with it, man. The game on Monday night, they drew 1-0 at the London Stadium against West Ham. If I'm a Liverpool fan yet, yeah, I'll be a bit worried, man, because they've had multiple chances to extend the gap here. They could have extended the gap to seven points on two occasions. One time they played Man City. The other time, I think that it was Leicester that they played. Yeah, it was Leicester because they drew against Leicester last week. So, if I'm a Liverpool fan, I'll, I'll be a bit worried because when it comes, when it really matters, when they need to, you know, get points on the board to really go clear, they seem to struggle. 
And I'll worry even more because I was watching Mark Noble's post-game interview, yeah? And they asked him about, you know, what his thoughts are on the title race. And he's, he was just talking about how it's going to be interesting and whatnot. But then he said, yeah, yeah, what he said is he felt that Liverpool were nervous. And if a player on the opposition team can say that, that you think you're nervous, I worry highly for them, man. Because, boy, like, we all know... The, this is not the first time Liverpool have been in a title race and the last time they were in a title race, it didn't end well for them. And there's players who are who played in that team and are currently in that team. Albeit, it's just Jordan Henderson that comes off my mind straight away. But it's... it's I'll be concerned, man. I'll be very concerned because they could have they could have been so much clear in the Premier League. Like, look at the defeat City have had against Leicester, Crystal Palace. Like, they could have gone clear. And another thing that worries me is that I don't even think their manager can motivate them because you all know that if you the way how Jurgen Klopp is enthusiastic, you know, crackhead just running around the touchline doing mad stuff. But we can't forget Jurgen Klopp has a poor record when it comes to finals. I'm talking about Champions League finals with Dortmund, uh, uh, leagues, League Cup finals, all these things. Yeah, like he has a poor record in finals, and I feel like even he might be a bit worried because. He's not known to, you know, like build on leads and things like that, man. And also, like the Liverpool side, I don't know if they be, they have it in them because this title race, yeah, a lot of people neglect the fact that the mental capacity of someone has a plays a huge effect in sports. Like your mental ability, you need to have a mental resilience, yeah, in order to win. It's not just footballing ability as well. You can have all the tech in the world if you don't believe it mentally, yeah, you're not gonna win shit, bro. So that's the only thing. That's the only thing I worry about for Liverpool. That's why I don't back them to win the league. They can they can beat teams how many times, but when it comes to the crunching, when it comes to the clutch, clutch moments, yeah. If you're not producing results, I don't know about you, man. That game against West Ham, they were very very lackluster. I mean, other than Mane's goal, they didn't really threaten West Ham at all, man. Mar Salah was just quiet. Firmino, he had like, what, one shot on target. Like, this is not good enough. More Salah, yeah. You're meant to be carrying that team, innit? You're meant to be stepping up when when it matters most. And you shared away, bruv. Like, this is not a good look. Fair enough, they're still top. But I don't think that's going to last much longer. I see City catching them by what? By March, yeah. Watch. International break is on March the 19th, yeah. By that time, City will be top. City will be top of the Premier League. Mark my words, remember this pod, record this, trust me, I'm telling you this. But yeah, man, so it's disappointing from a Liverpool perspective. But moving on to West Ham, that's a good, good point for them. Um, They've won their last two home games, they were trying to make it three on the roll. But the first time since moving into the London Stadium, they had a lot of chances. Mikel Antonio scoring for them, he's been a good player for them, man. Um, He had a lot of chances as well. Declan Rice, man. Declan Rice had a huge chance, man. He should have scored. I mean, fair enough, he's a youngin. He's like, what, 19, 20? I don't know if he's touched 20 yet. But that chance, that header, yeah, it was, boy, he should have scored that, man. And that's another thing. That their defense for that for that set piece was atrocious. I mean, Van Dyke, Van Dyke, that Liverpool players have been guessing that he's one of the best defenders in the Prem. Like you're meant to be organizing that defensive line, and you just left the man here. Yeah? He was so open. He could have controlled the ball on his chest and banged it, and no one would have been at least five yards away from him. That's how much space Declan Rice had, but he missed it. But at the end of the day, West Ham got a point. And yeah, man, Liverpool 
they're top of the table, but it's not going to last long. It's not going to last long. I know City got to play Chelsea this Sunday. I still feel like they'll get a result, a win. I'm hoping they get a win because that means United can sneak into the top four for the first time in I don't even remember how long. But yeah, um, in fact, let's move on to them. United, they played against Leicester on Sunday. That was the early game on Super Sunday before Man City Arsenal. And we played at the King Power Stadium. Not an easy place to go. Ask Man City fans. <laughs> they lost there. But um, we won, innit? We won. Got the three points. But boy, that was probably the most disappointing performance under Solskjaer this season. In fact, it was the worst. It was definitely the worst performance. I mean, Reading in the FA Cup is up there. But that's the FA Cup, innit? And we had a lot of rotation players. We had like... Tahi Chong making his debut, stuff like that. So I understand that, innit? But this is like a fully fit squad, like our our best squad, innit? And it was it was a disappointing performance, man. I mean, we started we started on fire. Rashford had a huge chance. That header headed it over. I'd like him to nod it down, but obviously in the spur of the moment, you gotta do what you gotta do. He missed. I felt like I at first I was I was just so gutted for him, man. Because I thought that would affect his confidence, but I underrated him because Rashford, that's my guy. Because, what, five minutes later, boy, let's talk about that Paul Pogba pass. That was a that was a serious, serious assist. Took the touch, dinked it over the Leicester defence. Rashford, first touch, amazing. Took it in his stride, boom, banged it. Bottom left corner. That's what you want from your attacker. That's what you want from your striker. That's what Rashford's good at, clinical. Sick goal. That put us 1-0 up inside, what, 10 minutes after that, I can't lie, man. We was a bit shaky. I mean, we were attacking and that, but there was no conviction in the attacks that we were mounting. Like, it was it was disappointing, man. Leicester had a lot of chances. Well, Damari Gray, he's a player that I like as well, man. Watch. Give him a couple years, yeah. He should be in that England squad, man, because I like him a lot. He's got a little shot in him as well. Damari Gray caused us prob problems. Jamie Vardy was a bit quiet, but... Even towards the end of the game, yeah, that Gezal guy, whatever his name is, he had a mad free kick. They had to pull off a mad save. At the end of the day, it was three points. I mean, Jesse Lingard at the end of the game called it hard graft, and that's what it was, man. We grafted, well, they grafted. I wasn't playing in it. <laughs> I always say we like, like man's, man's their backup striker, fam. But anyway, that's my team. But yeah, um, they grafted, got the three points, and. That's another thing that's come from Alex Ferguson's DNA, like winning ugly, like that's what they call it. It was a shit performance, but they still managed to win. That's how you know the team has improved because we could have easily drew or lost that game under Mourinho. But we we got the win in the end, albeit our performance might not have warranted it. And that's a good win, man. And we finally move up a position in the league. We're sitting fifth right now, 48 points, two points behind Chelsea who have to go to Man City on Sunday. Hopefully they do lose, man, so we can touch top four. Albeit, we do have to win our game. We, have, we do have to win our game, which is against Fulham at Craven Cottage. I'll be at that game. So come on, United. Want to see some goals. But yeah, man, that's a, it's a good win for United, man. That's what? That is our ninth win on a bounce. Not on a bounce, our ninth win. So under Solskjaer, nine wins, one draw. That's a very, very, very good return, man. Good return. And we all know the big game that we do have. We're going to do our Champions League preview next week where we preview the game, the big one, United against PSG. Hopefully, you can get the result. That's probably one of the biggest games we're going to have in a long time. But yeah, enough of the United talk. Let's move on to another game we had on the weekend. That's the Tottenham game where they played in an early kickoff against... When they played against Newcastle, 
Um, that's another hard graft that I was talking about for United. But boy, how important is Son to that Tottenham team? That guy is clutch, bruv. I need to get him on the pod, fam. That guy is clutch. I mean, he just came back from the Asian Cup, yeah? Man came from Asia. He had to fly thousands of miles back to ends. Well, Tottenham. <laughs> came on, banged in a goal last week, in midweek. That won the game for them. Banged in a goal now. And he won the game for them again. That just shows how important he is to the Spurs team. In the in a 83rd minute to win the game. And, um, yeah, they did deserve to win it, man. Because they were playing well. You know, they were attacking. Um, Laurenti was on the bench, so Son did start up top. Well, I think Lucas started up top, actually. He had a couple... Tr- he could have had a hat-trick inside 10 minutes. But that just goes to show he's not really a striker. Because when they're flinging balls in a box... He was just missing headers, putting them wide and things like that. And you can't really blame him because my man's like, what, 5'9". You don't expect man to be licking off headers and them things there. As I said, Spurs, Son, he's important for them. Got the win for them. Newcastle, they had they had a couple chances. Rondon caused a few problems. Ayosi Perez as well, but not nothing really big. I'm still waiting for the January signing. Miguel Amaron to touch the pitch. Their record signing, so we'll have to wait and see what he's all about. But yeah, Spurs, they keep on they keep on applying the pressure, you know. I mean, they're five points off the top, yeah. And then, alright, cool. We will say Spurs are bottlers. I say Spurs are bottlers. I don't think they're going to win the league. But but any other team in that position, yeah, they could easily, easily threaten to challenge for the Prem. But technically, they are challenges, in it Because it is five points. But we all know that they're not going anywhere nice, in it. But we'll just have to wait and see. Wait and see how they can get on. Obviously, they're all waiting on Harry Kane and Delhi Ali to come back. But let's see what they can do when they do come back. Let's move on to the other weekend Premier League results. So on Saturday, Brighton drew 0-0 at Watford. That is just just a 0-0, isn't it? <laughs> Burnley drew 1-0 at Southampton. Hey, Southampton, yeah, don't sleep on them. They have been putting... Ever since they got their new um, manager, Ralph Hasselhurd or something like that, they've, they've been on a good run of form, man. I mean... What they drew they've drawn against Burnley. Burnley had to score in the 94th minute. Ashley Barnes penalty. That must have been dread for Southampton. They drew at Palace. They've won a few games. They won a lot of games and they're climbing up. They're climbing up the table, innit? They're sitting in 16th right now. Obviously, they won't they will want to get out of the relegation zone. And they're doing that right now. Another game. Um Palace beat Fulham 2-0 at home. Milovojevic, that guy doesn't miss a pen. He is he probably one of the best penalty takers I've seen in a minute, bruv. Like, I think I've only seen him miss one. But when you put that guy on the spot, it's just a goal, man. So he scored. And Jeffrey Schlopp. <laughs> he said he's a bit mad, fam. I said Schlopp. But yeah, <laughs> he scored to, you know, like seal the deal. Fulham, another defeat for them. Next up, they got to play United at home. Boy, that's, that's a big game, man. But... Yeah, it's not looking pretty right now. They did sign Lazar Markovic from Liverpool, I think, on deadline day. I don't know what he's going to do to help them, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Another game, Wolves. Aye, Wolves beat Everton away. Three goals to one. I told man, what did I tell man about Wolves? Every time on the pod, i got to say, what did I tell man about Wolves, fam? These man are just on crud, fam. Crud! <laughs> <laughs> These man, they just did their thing, fam. They're sitting in seventh in the league, you know. Aye, they're only what nine points below Arsenal. <laughs> so Arsenal fans got to be on point, fam, because the Wolves might take that spot from them. But yeah, li- basic. Look, when you think about it like this, yeah, it's let me put it in this perspective for you, man. Alright, cool. 
taken away the top six. So if the top six wasn't in the league, obviously your City, United, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea. Wolves will win the league, you know, on, on paper because they're sitting in seventh. Like, they're basically the best of the rest because obviously you've got to put the top six aside because that man splashed bare bread and all that stuff. they got money to spend. So that is a serious achievement for Wolves to be sitting in seventh this late into the season. So, yeah, Ruben Neves scoring for them, man. Um, Raul Jimenez as well. And then Docker as well. But poor defeat for Everton, man. I don't know, man. Under Marco Silva, it's not. I don't think he's really going to plan for them. I mean, I I just don't know. I don't know how long that guy has left in him. I don't feel like he's the next Premier League manager to get sacked, but I feel like he might be after the next man that gets sacked if he doesn't fix up. Because they've they've lost a shocking amount of games where you expect them to win with the quality of squad they have and with the players they have. I mean, these man bought Richarlison for fifty mil and Sigerson for fifty mil. That's two men worth 100 mil and they're not a top six club to be splashing like that. So that's question marks, man. We'll have to see what they do in the future. And then the late game on Saturday, Cardiff beat Bournemouth 2-0. Huge, huge result for Cardiff. We all know the tragic experience they're going through with Emiliano Salah and the news report has come out that they did find his plane on the seabed, him and the pilot as well. So it's not looking good. So all we can say is, you know, like, Extend their condolences with the family and that as well, innit? But yeah, it's re- it's just a dread, dread thing to happen. But they did use that to inspire them to a victory. And if that means that, if they can use that as motivation to, you know, battle relegation, it'll be huge for them, man. But yeah, um, Bobby Reed scoring two goals for them to beat Bournemouth. And they're currently sitting, they are in the relegation zone, but two points away from it. That wraps up the Premier League segment. Let's look forward to the Premier League fixtures this weekend. So, as I said before, the early kickoff on Saturday, Fulham host Manchester United at Craven Cottage. I'll be there to cheer on United. Obviously, Fulham is a team I have love for, but United, those are my guys. Hopefully, I get to see Pogba and them, man. Might even catch a little interview, try to get one on the pod. Nah, I lied, man. But who knows, man? Um, on paper, it should be a game easy win for United, but that's on paper. We all know what type of... What type of madness is happening in the Premier League? So, yeah, it should be a good win. I mean, against Fulham, that's when we recorded, well, at the time, our biggest Premier League win. We beat them, was, was it 4-0 or 4-1? I think it was 4-0. That was under Mourinho. So, you know, I was shocked to see that a Mourinho side scored four goals. <laughs> but, yeah, um, other Premier League games featuring the top six. Liverpool host Bournemouth looking to finally get back to winning ways. Have been drawing their last two games. So, they really need to do that as well. Um, and Super Sunday games, Tottenham host Leicester City and Man City host Chelsea. That's going to be a big, big game, man. Chelsea did beat Man City earlier in the season, 2-0, comprehensive victory. So Man City will be looking to get revenge at their home turf. I see them winning, actually. I hope they win as well, as I said before, because that means if United beat Fulham, we'll finally be in the top four. But yeah, it will be a good game, man. It will be a very, very good game. And, yeah, I think Man City will win it, though. And the game on Monday, Wolves host Newcastle. So, yeah, that's it for the Premier League segment. We'll be back same time next week. And we'll have the big Champions League preview for United against PSG. Come on, United. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod. And also on our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. It's all Clutch. I'm your host, AB. We're moving on to the NBA segment now. 
Moving on to the NBA segment now. Before we get into that Anthony Davis merry-go-round, let's start off with another guy who's experiencing free agency come the off-season, Kyrie Irving. Boy, that brother, he just he just confuses, man, all the time, man. I mean, I don't know what to say about him, man. Obviously, we all know the type of player he is. Top three point guard in the league at the moment. No doubt about that. He's been balling for the Celtics as well. But yeah, when he was questioned earlier this week, I mean... He's like, what do you think about free agency, all that stuff? He was like, boy, ask me July 1st, innit? So, if you're a Boston fan, you're thinking, okay, because obviously in October, he already committed. He already said that if you guys are willing to have me, I'll stay, whatever, this, this, that. Obviously, the Boston man, they were happy. But now, man, saying, ask me July 1st. Now, he talk about how he don't owe anyone shit. I was thinking, huh? Then that meme of the guy, and he's holding his chest, yeah, and he's leaning back, he's like, huh? I was like, rah, like... <laughs> who pissed him off, fam? <laughs> but yeah, I found that a bit strange, man. Especially with, you know, all these superstars trying to move AD, all that stuff. So I just think, I don't know. Because Kyrie is probably one of the most unpredictable superstars in the NBA. Because that nigga could do anything. I won't be surprised if he signed with the fucking Grizzlies in the offseason, fam. Kyrie is capable of doing anything. The brother said the earth is flat, fam. You know he's capable of doing anything, fam. Anything at all, fam. I think, I don't know yet, but to me, the way I interpreted that was that, boy, he's cutting from Boston, man. Because obviously he has had a few problems there, innit? Um, off the court anyway, was saying that he's finding it hard to, you know, lead these young guys. He even had to bail LeBron, tell him sorry, don't know why he done that. But yeah, stuff like that. And also, we all know, obviously, he, he's from like, the New Jersey area, innit? So a lot of people are linking him with the Knicks and all that stuff, all these other teams. So it'll be interesting to see where he does go. I just think that is very, very... If you're a Celtics fan, you should be worried, innit? Because... If Kyrie's screaming that now, he's completely changing his tone, innit? And we all know that guy loves to change his tone. Look what he said about Cleveland, about how he's never leaving. And then look what happened now. So, yeah, that's alarm bells, man. It'll be... But I feel like this off-season, yeah, it's probably going to... It has to be one of the most exciting off-seasons ever since LeBron made the decision to join Miami Heat. Because look how many men are getting shifted. Look how many, like, KD, we don't know what that brother's doing. Clay. We don't know what that brother's doing, even though I still think he'll re-sign with the late with the Warriors, sorry. Um AD, Clay, I already said them man. Obviously, you got your carries, you got Kawhi, like there's so many. This could this could shape the league differently, fam. If all these men just keep it moving. Like it's gonna be so so interesting to see. But yeah, man, let's move on to obviously the most talked about thing in the NBA currently, the Anthony Davis situation. Boy, don't even be surprised if... Because there's wars bombs coming in even right now as I'm recording. So don't even be surprised, yeah, if I, I say something right now and then 10 minutes later, man's already been dealt. But <coughs> at this current moment of time that I'm recording, Lakers have allegedly pulled out of trade negotiations. After the last trade they did offer, yeah, was... Their final offer was Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, Zubach, Kentavious, Caldwell, Pope, two first-round picks for Anthony Davis, and they, they were even going to pick up a bad contract from the Pelicans. That's Solomon Hill, who, who's locked in until 2021. I think he, I think he he's getting paid like 13 mil or something like that. So, yeah, that was their final offer, yeah? How many players is that? That's six players and two first-round picks for Anthony Davis, yeah? And the Pelicans rejected that. So, or they pulled out. Because 
I feel like the Pelicans, I don't know what they're trying to do. Like, fair enough, AD, no doubt, he's a five-star caliber player, MVP caliber player, um, all-star as well, all that stuff. We don't need to uh, uh, highlight his, his credentials. We already know the player Anthony Davis is. But the, fit, the Pelicans... They're not even trying to compensate that. It feels like they're trying to overcompensate for AD, man. The reason why the Lakers pulled out, allegedly, according to Bleacher Report anyway, is because the Pelicans requested six to eight draft picks. I'm thinking, come on now. This is just getting ridiculous, man. It's, it's really getting ridiculous, man, because there's no way a player's worth this much. Look how many players the Lakers are already willing to give up. Lonzo, Kuzma, Hart, Zubac, KCP, like, come on, surely that's enough for Anthony Davis, man. That's why I feel like they're bumping it. This is why I said, if you remember last episode on the pod, I was at the Lakers, they can't be, they, the worst thing they want to be seen as is too desperate for him because that's when the Pelicans can just try and bump them. Look what they're asking for. Eight picks, fam. You know how many picks that is, bro? That's eight players, you know. You know what that could turn out to be, fam? That's ridiculous, man. No way. So I'm happy Magic Johnson did, did pull out. And I think this is the best offer they're going to get because all this is reverberating around the league, innit? And what? They're going to end up getting like like Dante Exum for AD if they don't be careful, bruv. Because it's just stupid, man. But um, obviously, every, with every day now, the trade deadline is now really closing. So, so I really don't think this trade is going to go through, man. I really don't think so. But as I said, you never know, man. Because with ward bombs coming every 10 minutes, yeah, anything is possible, especially in the NBA. But previous, but previously, before that, Anthony Davis give, did give his list of destinations where he's likely to re-sign with. So those were obviously the Lakers, the Knicks, the Clippers, and the Milwaukee Bucks. But <laughs> as analysed on like first take and other... Um, and other pundits in the NBA, they were saying that this is just this is just a smoke screen. That's what they called it because when you deep it, none of those three teams, other than, none of those three teams have the assets to trade for AD. So the Clippers, they don't really have the assets. The Bucks, they don't have the assets either. They got a lot of expiring contracts as well. So that's a risk because you don't know if they're gonna resign. And obviously the Knicks, they just traded, they just traded for Zingas in it. So I don't think they'll be active in the trade market anytime soon. The best time they'll have to sign someone is obviously free agency. Hence why they cleared all the salary, all the cap space. I just feel like the league, they just don't want this trade to happen, man. When you got guys like Greg Popovich telling the Pelicans, don't, don't bow down to the Lakers. Obviously, you got the situation with LeBron James and that with Rich Paul, the fact that AD wanted to sign with Rich Paul. Then obviously you got the fact that um, the NBA is not really like f um, football, the Premier League. Well, it's not really like football where like uh, contracts don't really matter. A player can sign a contract today and another team can make a bid and buy him tomorrow. So obviously the contracts, they're more honoured, isn't it? So they don't really want players opting out, opting out of their contract, especially when you've got like 18 odd months left on it. So that's another thing. So I really don't know what's, what's going to happen, but I highly doubt that they'll get a trade done by the end of the trade deadline, which is the 8th of February. Another trade news that came out the other day, I was surprised at seeing this. So obviously, if you don't know, the Memphis Grizzlies put Mark Gasol and Mike Conley on the trade block. You know, they're two veteran players. Um, apparently, the Toronto Raptors tried to trade for them, giving up Kyle Lowry and Jonas Valanciunas. And when I saw that, I was actually shocked. For the mere fact that they were trying to trade those two for Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. 
We all know the um the Raptors they've been in controversy over trade ever since they traded the Rosen. I still feel like they done that brother dirty man because he done he has done so much for their franchise. So yeah, the fact that they tried to trade Kyle Lowry now and now that that blew up in his face. I don't know what he's gonna think about that, but there's no way he can think positively of that. And I don't even know why they want to trade for him. Okay, Kyle Lowry's 33, Mike Conley's 32. So he's just one year younger than him. And Mike Conley's owed a lot of bread, you know. He's owed 35 mil, I think, for this season. I think he's a free agent next season. And so I don't really know. And Jonas Valanciunas, he's he's an up-and-coming big man. I mean, he's solid. Like He's like, what? He's a solid centre, man. So I don't I don't know what Masai Ujiri, the GM for the Raptors, was thinking. But the fact that it didn't work, he just has to pray to God that Kyle Lowry doesn't take that shit personally because it could go so left. <laughs> That's all the trade news right now. Just another bit of news, um, <laughs> another news regarding John Wall's injury. So he got injured again. He dropped in his house or something like that and ruptured his Achilles. So he's going to be out for another 12 months. And boy, that is that is sad, man, because John Wall, you all know the All-Star point guard he is one of the best point guards in the league right now but he's just so injury prone yeah it's ridiculous i mean he only played 41 games last season that's exactly half the games and look at the contract that he's just signed he's going to be getting paid like what 47 mil at the age of 32 so it's not looking good man it's really really not looking good for john wall all you can hope and pray for is that obviously he does get a speedy recovery boogie cousins did call him after he heard that obviously cousins did Suffered the same injury last year whilst he was at the Pelicans. So he he was he's probably the perfect guy to, you know, try to give him advice and that, keep his head up. But yeah, man, so he's going to be out definitely for a whole year. So I don't know if he's going to be the same John Wall as we, he was. But it's, it's not good, man. It's not good at all. Let's move on to NBA stat leaders. We haven't done this in a long, long time. In the beginning of week 16, total points leader in the NBA has to be James Harden. He's got 1,781 Dennis KD, 1,430. Then you've got your Paul George, Damian Lillard. And rounding up the top five is Joel Embiid, the process, with 1,335 total points. Points per game is James Harden. He's been on this crazy run. The other night, I saw him drop 44 points against the Suns. He's continued dropping 30 points, even when CP3's back. A lot of people thought that since CP3 was back and his usage rating will go back down, he would stop dropping all these man numbers. But nah. <laughs> he's still doing his thing. So big up James Harden for that boy. But um so he leads the league in points per game, 33.6, followed by Anthony Davis, 29.3, then Steph Curry 29.2, Paul George got 27.8, and KD is averaging 27.5 points per game. Assists, top five. Obviously, you got Russell Westbrook, 484, the walking triple double. You got Drew Holiday of the Pelicans, 422. Ben Simmons of the Sixers, 419. James Harden, 396. And the Joker, Nikola Jokic, has a total number of assists of 394. Assists per game, Russell Westbrook is averaging 11 assists per game. He's on track for averaging a, a triple-double for three years in a row. Can that guy get some accolades? But we're going to come back to Russell Westbrook quite soon because I watched that game when the OKC played the Celtics in the TD Garden, and I wasn't impressed with him. But yeah, let's move on to the assists. Kyle Lowry, he's averaging 9.2 assists per game. James Harden averaging just over 8. 
Ben Simmons the same, and Drew Holiday is averaging eight assists per game. Still leaders in the NBA through week 16, Paul George, 117 total steals. He's a fucking thief. <laughs> Big up him though. James Harden, 106 steals. Russell Westbrook, 99. Marcus Smart, 91. And the Sacramento Kings point guard, De'Aaron Fox, has a total number of 88 steals. Steals per game though. It is Paul George, tied with Russell Westbrook, 2.3 steals. James Harden, 2.2. Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, 2.1. And Kawhi, the claw, the claw, <laughs> 1.9 steals per game. Moving on to rebounds, so total rebounds. Andre Drummond, 14.9 rebounds per game, basically 15. DeAndre Jordan of the Knicks now, since he was traded from the Mavs, 13.7 assists per game. Joel Embiid, 13.5. AD, 13.3 and Rudy Gobert 12.8. Rudy Gobert, we all know he was, I wouldn't call it snubbed, but he was overlooked for an all-star position. And he started crying. And I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about that. Cause my first thing is that pussy. <laughs> that was the first thing I was, but then I was thinking about because he was talking about how his mom called him, his mom was crying. I was thinking, rah, like he really must have wanted it. But obviously, he was clowned on the internet. By none other than Jamon Green, who else <laughs> got into him, and Andre Godala got into him as well. So, but I don't know. It's a competitive league, Rudy man. If you want to become an All Star, you got to do a bit better, man. I know you've been doing your thing. Obviously, he's a reigning defensive player of the year, but just a little bit more, man. There's no way I'm taking you ahead of Jokic. But yeah, let's let's move on to the league leaders in blocks. So Mouse Turner of the Pacers, two point six blocks per game. He's been he's been leading the leagues in blocks per game for a while. Anthony Davis, 2.6 blocks per game. Hassan Whiteside, 2.2 blocks. Rudy Gobert, 2.2. And Brooke Lopez, 2.1. So those are the current NBA stat leaders. So obviously, LeBron's finally returned from his injury. He played in the game against the Clippers. He almost got a triple-double as well, 44 points, 8 rebounds. But the game after that, he missed through load management. <laughs> it's good to see him back, man. Lakers are in the 10th seed right now. So they have a lot of climbing to do if they want to touch a high seed in the in the Western Conference. Um, I feel like a top four seed is out of sight for them, man. I don't think they can get that, especially with all this AD trade talk. So we'll just have to wait and see. They do have to start winning, though. They have to start winning quickly because we all know what the Western Conference is like. So, um, Boston have moved to the three seed. The Sixers, we were there for literally one game. Like, we beat the Warriors. That was a great victory for the Sixers against the Warriors, man. Ben Simmons, boy, he, he clutched up that game, man. I'm really proud of him. That's my guy, man. Joel Embiid, you know what he does. 26 points, 20 rebounds that game. Played very well. But, yeah, we was in the three seed for, like, one game. Boston Celtics are now in the three seed. Sixers in the fourth seed. The Pacers, as I predicted, in the fifth seed. Of course, it's because their all-star guard, Victor Oladipo, had season-ending surgery. So, it's a shame for them because I still feel like... Right now, this is the way the East is. So, you've got the Bucks number one, then the Raptors two, Celtics three, Sixers four, Pacers fifth, then the Nets sixth, Hornets seventh, the Heat eighth. I feel like that's how the playoff seasons are going to be. The only thing I'll change is the Miami Heat. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I feel like they're going to be replaced by Dwayne Casey's Pistons. I feel like the Pistons will get the eighth seed in the East. Other than that, yeah, I just feel like that's just how the seedings are going to be. Barring catastrophic injury, of course. But yeah, I feel like right now, that's it for the NBA segment. The next time you're going to get NBA segment on clutch will be after the trade deadline. So will AD be a Laker? Will he still be a Pelican? We'll just have to wait and see. As always, I'm your host, AB. 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Clutch underscore pod and on our streaming services, Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes, all Clutch. I'll be back after the trade deadline.